0: I'll say it's very fulfilling to be able to make enough money to live by making other people happy. Cause like to me, part of what always attracted me to music in general and DJing and stuff is like, you know, maybe everything else in your life sucked but for like an hour or two on a Friday night you're having a great time because of the music you're listening to and the people you're around.
1: This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champagne Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box Studio with a songwriter from the Champagne Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Welcome to Champagne Is Also A Band Podcast. Today, I've got Kevin Miller, you may know as DJ Belly. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. It's good to be in the studio. I love that. Yeah. Today, we're going to be listening to your song, Don't Lie. And as of this moment, it is unreleased. Yes. Still trying to
0: navigate what I want to do with it exactly. But I, it's one of my favorite things I made so far.
1: So, without further ado, let's listen to the song. Welcome back. So, Kevin, (laughs) normally my favorite question is to ask, like, what came first, the words or the music? But we know that it's, like, the the music. The music for this one, for sure. Um, Definitely that. I guess I'm going to have to take a different tact here. Like, what what started this song?
0: Uh, Over the pandemic, since I didn't have any actual dj gigs to do the one of the things i did is i really put my home studio together to be able to just work on music at home kind of as a way to keep myself from going crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i was making a lot of different music uh, at the house this particular song uh it was over one of those (laughs) snowstorms in the winter and i was just sitting there messing around and i found this like drum that the the kick in the snare was like the, the sample I first found for this where it was like and it really reminded me of like it had like a kind of a massive attack Portis head type of vibe and I really liked it and then I just started playing around with some of the different synths and reason kind of built it up played with it a couple different ways and till I found a way I liked what I do a lot when I'm working on tracks is I'll just look for random vocal stuff that I can kind of chop up and pitch around differently to kind of add just a little bit of extra texture, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's like more so with this one, I was actually, uh, the vocal sample actually had found on splice and then kind of pitched it around to really make it fit with it. Really. It was more just an extra layer to the track than any kind of like deep. Meaning or
1: anything, you know what I am saying? Yeah, right, like, right. yeah. The vocalist, whether you know the words or not, there is still the I want to say the emotional context in which yeah. the song was sung. When I did, when I was going through, and I found that vocal
0: and I got it kind of laid in. It really kind of added a little bit of like an R and B vibe to it, which I really liked. While it was still kind of down tempo, but also a kind of two-step with some of the drums and I don't know, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a mess to try and classify it by genre.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you said the R&B kind of vibe to it. It's like I, the the one thing that listening to it on a on a stereo with, you know, with speakers, you don't get it as much as when you're listening with headphones. There's, there's that spot that I call it, I call it the squeezy melody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ee- Wee. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! In the headphones, you did a really good job of mixing this in in some ways because you hear that like background. It it is like an R and B like mm-hmm. um kind of a a choir kind of sound going on in the background and kind of yeah. kind of weaves in and out behind in, behind the scenes because it's not up in the forefront. But I wanted it to be like lush, if yeah. that makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah. And I, I always felt like adding like a kind of a. Tonal vocal layers to stuff like that really kind of adds an extra element of, I don't know, it just thickens it, so to speak. Uh, lush is the best word I could use to describe that kind of yeah. thing. But I really like using vocal stuff in combination with, you know, synthesizers and stuff
1: to kind of bring kind of more, at least with music like this, you know. It started out as as the drums. What was the next thing that you put in there was, did you actually go from beginning to end or did you have like a part and you're like, oh, Oh. save that for later? So,
0: I mean, I guess in general, the kind of the way I build tracks in general is, usually what I'll do is I'll kind of flush out a concept. So, like, I'll get like eight or 16 bars of like, it, it really is just a loop at that point. But I'll get all the different parts I want in there. And then once I have that kind of loop going, what I'll do is I'll start to like sequence it out and, you know, all right. Okay, cool. I like this. This is cool. But this seems more like the meat of the track. So let's make an intro. Well, let's just do a stripped down beat for the intro, a little bit of the sense, but not the full thing. Like maybe the bass isn't in for the intro. And then, Mm. you know, kind of, then what I'll do is I'll kind of start loosely making sections out and then. At that point, once I kind of loosely have it, I'll go in and add the extra stuff like that synth line, that squeezy sounding one you're saying. That was a later addition into what was more of like, to me, the up-tempo part of the track. Because the way that the hi-hats and stuff play with the rest of the drums. So that was like a later addition and then like the vocals went in kind of on over like after that so it just you know it kind of evolves a lot of times what i'll do and this is kind of a cool thing you can do with reason is i usually i'll start with a piano sound and i like using a piano just because it's like it can you can take it so many different ways you can get your basic kind of chord progressions down so what i would just what i did was you know use the piano patch kind of got the chord progression i wanted took that found some synth patches that give it more the vibe I was actually going for as far as the actual sound. So the chords are going to be the same, but then I go in and fine tune that a little bit. So it, yeah. you know, then like then I'll make a bass line off of that, which usually just kind of mirrors it, and then just, but just you know octave it down a bit and make sure it's not like chords because that gets kind of muddy. And then cue right. it out so it all fits together, all thick.
1: I don't want to over classify all electronic musicians, but or or songs instrumental songs such as this is that because there's not a vocal so to speak is when you're putting it together it, re- it reminds me of someone doing a painting right like you kind mm-hmm. of do that sketch you do the sketch first uh, once again over classifying certain painters but <laughs> but you do the sketch first and then you start adding some of the colors you like more of the background and then you build up and build up and build up yeah. and then but but the point is that i was trying i was hoping to make in a roundabout way is like it it's hard to say when when you're doing such an additive process like how do you know when you're done it gets to a point for me
0: where i realize i've been sitting there listening to it on repeat trying to think about what it needs and if i sit there for say, even 20 minutes listening to it kind of luke. I'm like, you know what? I don't really think it needs anything else. And so it's funny because my girlfriend gets on me about this a lot. Over the huh? past year, I've been working from home making mu- music. That's pretty much all I've been doing. She's like, you know, sometimes you make some really cool stuff, but then you keep messing with it and fucking with it until it loses what was cool about it in the first place. So I've been trying to not overproduce a little yeah. bit. I don't know. There was another version I made that was a lot more going on and I stripped mm. it back down. And I was like, all right, I'm trying to like keep that mentality...
1: But sometimes less is more, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you know, so I had a painting teacher that was just like, "If you want to do it correctly, it's like as you're progressing that at any point you could stop and it would still be okay because the structure is there, right, like you it's not just yeah. a, it's not just a skeleton, there's actually a decent structure that that's there." And that maybe some of the flourishes would be cool in it, but mm-hmm. it, you could stop
0: at, at some point. My main yeah. rule with that is, and for every kind of genre of music that I make, if you can't listen to just the drums by themselves and have that be a huh. kind of groove that you can get into, like, you might as well just scrap the whole thing. Huh. At least, because, I mean, I don't okay. know, I mean, a lot yeah, of the yeah. stuff I have, I mean, like I feel like... Different percussive elements can really affect even how your body interprets chord progressions and mm. the other noises and stuff. And it's something that plays into being a DJ too. Huh. So say I'm doing like an open format set where I'm playing lots of different genres, like a club or something. I won't play the same kind of genres the whole time because I feel like it affects people when you change up the drum rhythms, kind right. of like a tribal almost type of sense. So like say I'm playing at a club and I'll be playing like some like, you know, turn up hip hop stuff and maybe I'll throw some reggaeton in just to kind of get that syncopated beat. And it kind of hits differently than it would if you're just playing one thing the whole time. The drums to me are always super important. Like if the drums aren't good, like I won't even play the track usually as a DJ and as music I make myself. Like if I don't have the drums dialed in how I want it, it'll just going to sit on my computer or in a file. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, oh, yeah. That, until I come back and then like, all right, I got to flip these drums to make it sound right, you know, so I can get it kind of how I want it. I can
1: understand too, not wanting to keep the same drum beat. There's that hypnotic factor. Like with anything, you can just make people numb to yeah. what's going on. And if you switch it up, then all of a sudden it, it like reactivates the brain. Yeah. And here's where it's kind of weird. Cause like
0: in certain genres, you kind of want that for longer. So say... House music, for instance. Right. You're going to have the same drum beat for like 32 bars where nothing changes. But that's part of it because it's more of a long form type of production where you kind of want that solid thing. I make this joke all the time. Like, you know, house heads get all excited. Like, oh, man, this this song's great. Listen to this. This is the best part. This is the best part. And it's just like a hi-hat coming in. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So it's like a a little extra additive thing right there. And for that genre,
1: that's, you know how yeah. you do it but you know other things like hip-hop stuff like that i'm not totally in on all of those genres and well mm-hmm. and i guess that like with anything it's like the more that i know the more that i realize that i don't know and it's like wait there's this yeah what there's well and also i genre? mean sometimes you don't necessarily need
0: to know the ins and outs to enjoy it i've been making music so let's see since like 2006 like in this type of way and sometimes I have to force myself to stop overanalyzing things and I hear them. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Like I'll be listening yeah. to something or I'll be like at a show or i am listen to it like I can literally see what this looks like in a daw. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I'm like, all right, I really need to just take myself out of the producer role and get more into the listener role. Yeah. And it's hard to do the more you know. So, it's like, it's okay if you don't know, you know, about specific stuff. But like, you know, especially dance music, it's supposed to just be dance music. You know, like house, anything like, uh, even like, you know, your bass music stuff like dubstep and trap, it's just dance music. You don't got to get really into it super hard as long as it kind of, you know, gives you that feeling of, you know, for what it's, what they're intending to give Hmm. to you with the way they're making the music, you know.
1: Do you have a favorite part in the song? Um, it's, it, so it, it's
0: really tiny, but, um, and I messed with it a little bit until I added, uh, the part where it goes into what you were saying, like the squeezy synth kind of thing, or that part mm-hmm. leading into it. It's just the, my favorite part is just where I tapered the end of the section before it. And it has that vocal part coming in saying, don't lie right before uh-huh. this. Sque- I don't know. I really like that part, which is actually how the song got named. Cause I'm terrible at, uh, naming <laughs> things. Um, given my DJ name, <laughs> I didn't pick my DJ name, but oh, that's okay. a whole other story. Oh, but no, um, that that probably is my favorite part. Just like that little vocal chop I put in there, because I was having a hard time segueing those two sections in a way that I felt was cohesive. And then when I dialed that in, I was like, "Boom, that's
1: it, we're good." Yeah, the squeezy, the squeezy sound, yeah. you know, because um, I don't know, it it has like this like strained, strained sound to it, but it's also kind of just beautiful in the fact that it kind of. As the, the sound goes, it kind of expands a little bit. And like I, I it, swear it was the snowstorm. I have a window behind my desk,
0: had my windows open, and it was one of those, like, you know, snowing all day where it gets, like, kind of orangish in the sky, and yep. it felt really kind of, like, ethereal almost was kind of what was dialing into my head. And also, like, I'd been listening to a lot of, like, kind of, synth wave, retro wave type of stuff and just really getting into more of using synths like that in weird weird ways. Mm. So, it was just like culmination of being stuck in my house for a year and then, <laughs> you know,
1: gotcha. just like yeah. experimenting with weird stuff. Was that an actual synth sound or did you actually like manipulate it in some way? Uh, what I'll do is I'll use, so I use Reason to Produce.
0: I'll find sounds in there that are about what I want and I always end up tweaking them in some way, mm. shape or form. Or gotcha. adding something in the way I mix it or you know, adding in little echoes or like, I think Mm. on that one, I want to say I I definitely, because the original sound was definitely more chunky. It had a lot more low end in it. Okay. But I really didn't like the way that low end in that sound was. I just chopped all that out in the EQ so I could use my own, the other bass synth I was using to kind of fill it in. Because I kind of like doing the thing where you, you, usually two, but sometimes three different synthesizers, you kind of just like, oh, I like the way the high end on this sounds. So I'll cut everything but the high end out. Oh, I really like the mid on this. Just leave the mid cut the high and the low out yeah gotcha. and for the bass i always just like chop it for the most part unless mm. it's kind of like a growly bass where it needs a little bit of mid range in it and then what i'll do is just kind of take those three things play them exactly the same get them lined up or sometimes just copy and paste the medieval huh. notes because you can do that and kind of to get this kind of unique sounding thing it is technically all out of the box but like it's not yeah yeah yeah, the way yeah you
1: combine yeah. them I'm curious, actually. Just as as an electronic musician, I, I write a lot of stuff in MIDI. I always try to think about what elements I want. Obviously, you know, drum that can vary, but I always feel like I have little nicknames for all of the synth parts that I want to include. Mm-hmm. Like I always have, I mean, like it, it's always got to have a hum part. Yeah, it's always got to have a dink part, mm-hmm. and then it's always got to have like a like a a, a smooth. Uh, like um, that melody that that mm-hmm. sharp edge smooth yeah, yeah, yeah kind of thing but i always like to make sure that i have those elements it's kind of like cooking elements you mm-hmm. gotta have the salt you gotta have the fat you gotta have the you know yeah acid do you have any funny names that you like to call <laughs> like parts my favorite thing to do
0: when i'm working on a track with anybody i make hip-hop beats and stuff too and i've been working on making beats for a couple rappers and stuff and like like, oh man, that beats really awesome. You should listen to me. I'm like, well, I'm not done yet. I got to add like the whooshes. And you're like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the whooshes. So it's like the little subtle gradual buildup stuff in the background that you wouldn't normally hear unless mm-hmm. you're really listening in, but it does kind of add those kind of transitionary vibes mm-hmm. from one part to another. And that's how it's always like I add like the kind of background buildups and down. Shifters, I guess, Yeah, yeah. you know, and then uh, usually that's where I add like my crash symbols and stuff in like that Just kind of accent those little changes to give what normally would sound, you know, especially in hip-hop Like you're you're rocking the same loop for pretty much 16 bars, but you want it to be different So you add these little things in on these kind of like sections that people like intrinsically feel there should be a change And if you just add that in they get it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah Like real in the background Almost like subliminally convincing them it's different when there's right. not a whole lot different, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I
1: I get that. Yeah. Actually, sorry when you said the whooshes and stuff, I <laughs> I, I flashed back to you know Spaceballs where you know Michael Winslow is like, I've lost the bleeps, I've lost the sweeps, I've lost the you the need creeps. bleeps too, definitely yeah, need bleeps. bleeps, bleeps which I think is my are my dinks is what I call them. Which, yeah, you know, but I I literally I like the bleeps.
0: Uh, I anytime I make anything with any kind of like old school 8-bit sound with it. I always oh, call yeah. it, what's, what's this? It's real bleepy. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> what I'm like, it's, just listen to it, man. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why was this your favorite song that you wanted to talk I about? I just really, it's weird.
0: <laughs> the, the track in general is weird. I feel like it's just something that conveys some kind of emotion. I don't necessarily know what to whoever yeah. because everything's so subjective with like how people absorb art, yeah. you know. Because what's always interesting, if you can like, you can talk to five different people about the same song, and it can mean something totally different to all of them. I like it because I really like the textures. I like that it's weird. I really like the way it came out sounding, and it's just I don't know. To me, it's unique, which I like. Yeah. A bunch of people I've showed it to have been like, "This is really great." It has this and this and this, and they're like they'll bring stuff up that like I might not have even thought of with what they're talking about with it. You know, so yeah. it's kind of neat. One guy's like, it has like a real Radiohead vibe." I'm like, "I didn't get that."
1: But if you do that's cool. You know, it's like I'm, you know, everyone's going to absorb things differently. There's a certain beat to it that I could see where that could be, you know, something that mm-hmm. Tom York would have come up with,
0: but I mean maybe um, that like real basic drum part that's kind of that, you know, that yeah. was that, that that's on the intro like I just thought it was a cool track. I like the way it moves. I like the way it sounds. And it was especially interesting just, you know, being in a pandemic situation. It it's just different than feeling like you need to make music that's accessible to dance floors when there aren't any which i think is neat too and granted not everything i make is like that but you know when i'm doing music with those kind of textures that kind of thick bass and stuff it usually is more of a you know you're, you're intending for it to be played like on a dance floor somewhere with a big sound system which usually denotes a dance floor near it it was cool to kind of use those elements in a different way to kind of make something different with it
1: even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic The Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe C-U-C-C Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. Do you have a favorite venue in Champaign-Urbana?
0: I mean, it's <laughs> there's very few of them at the moment. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, best big room definitely can be club. I'm hoping to have them be open again soon. I know they're wanting to be open again soon. Uh, But I mean, right now, so I'm going to be doing a couple nights at Nola's Rock Bar in Urbana. That place is cool. Iron Post is doing a lot of really cool stuff. They have like an insane schedule. A lot of the bands aren't my particular flavor, but you know, they're doing good stuff. They're good bands. Right. It's just I'm not not into that genre as much. It'd be cool to see another venue in downtown Champaign again. It's kind of sad there aren't any at the moment, which is uh, a bit of a shame, but...
1: You know, I think that in general, there's a, yeah, it's crazy, right? I'm like, well, how about Cowboy Mo... How about High Dice? Yeah. How about the only one that's pretty notable right now is Exile. Yeah.
0: You know? Exile's they're going to be, I saw they're going to be getting back into doing some shows. Breast Rail, they'll have shows periodically once they're getting back into being able to do that. I know they were doing shows before and I love that kind of dive bar vibe you know it's good periodically at least pre-pandemic occasionally be djs or something of the sort at like bentley's which i love i love bentley's one of my favorite bars but it's just like you know it's tiny so it's hard to really do something there you know on a music level like you can't have a band pop up there as easy as you could other places but it'd be cool to see an actual like purpose built venue pop up again because i mean having a handful of those is really what's going to make the music scene work Better. And you're seeing a little bit of that in Urbana. You know, we need more in variety too. You know, there needs to be a lot of different styles of stuff going on to really kind of bring back that vibe yeah. that
1: Champagne used to have. It's weird. Yeah. I, I always feel like there's these tipping scales of Urbana and Champagne. When one starts really killing it, like the other one's just like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, whatever. And then yeah. I'd love to see them both kind of reach this equilibrium. Yeah. I mean, I it mean,
0: makes sense that they, that they would eventually. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just think that... There needs to be some spaces the way you have to put it to the the people who have the money to do is like it's like take a risk on music, which isn't really necessarily a thing because like I feel like if it's done right, it's kind of a no brainer, especially right now where there isn't anything down there. We'll see what happens uh, coming out of the pandemic, but I, I, I imagine that we'll see a resurgence
1: of that type of stuff happening more. Even just having the singer songwriter or, or a DJ or somebody that doesn't, doesn't necessarily take up that much space that can usually just kind of pop in with, you know, one, one speaker or, yeah. you know, that kind of thing where they don't take up much room, but they can at least provide the ambiance or yeah. have some, some reason for people to like come out and see something and sit in your restaurant or sit mm. in your bar. Poor brothers. They've been doing a couple things out yeah. there. And I, I remember, i keep seeing now
0: there's spots but I really love to see you know you know you mentioned cowboy monkey and high dive I mean to me those were purpose built and ran music venues for such a long time so many different acts played on both those stages it'd be cool to have something that was music venue first bar second because what we have a lot of right now I feel like is a lot of bar first music venue second which isn't bad there's nothing wrong with that there's room for that it just you know there's we need like a spot in general like the whole scene needs a bigger you know for, yeah. for Champagne at least I think Urbana is starting to get more and stuff going on like Sipyards having DJs and stuff periodically too and a couple live acts and stuff so there's a little there's a cool little vibe going on in Urbana right now
1: when things were kind of in their heyday in Champagne it used to be that you really could start off at like I don't know say 6 30 or 7 yeah in the evening mm-hmm. start off at one location listen to a band for an hour, or or just listen to music, whatever it is, uh, for about an hour. Decide that you want to head over to another location, go over there, Mm -hmm. listen for an hour, hop over, and then, you know, by the end of the evening, it's like, It's two o'clock in the morning, all the bars are closing, so either you after party or you head home, you know? I mean,
0: (laughs) if you think about it, you know, when you say heyday, there were nights not too long ago in Champaign where you could go out, and on a Thursday, there'd be bands at three places, there'd be DJs at five different places, all playing kind of different styles of music, and you still had your kind of craft Beer, craft cocktail spots you could go to, you know, your nice dinner spots where it's like a little bit of something for everybody. And I feel like right now your real drawn champagne's kind of like homogenized. Like you have like bar food and beer places, which don't get me wrong, I love both those things a lot. Right. But I feel like there just needs to be more of the other things to
1: kind of get a scene kind of going there, you know? Yeah. I mean, like Radio Maria had a a certain... It was definitely not bar food. Yeah. No. <laughs> and th- and then you had Beccaro, mm-hmm. which was just, just down the street. Yeah. And that was certainly not bar food. But there's just not enough I don't want to call Marianne's bar food, but I mean it has that greasy yeah, spoon. Like, like, like it's, greasy not, yeah. it's not it's not what you would say like is refined. I mean sometimes you need that, but right. um it it just After those the two in the morning nights, yes. Yeah. Um it feels like it needs some rounding. My brain can't process like what it life was like before the pandemic too. So right. it's like yeah. I I don't even I can't even imagine go being able to go from one place to another to another to another. Right. You know, drinking and eating all, all the way through mm-hmm. and listening to music and yeah. like talking to people really loud in their face because the music. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. It's just Just, just like, it's
0: Literally in somebody's ear yelling while a band's playing. Yeah. Right, right. It Um, was like very
1: normal then. Now it seems totally like scary. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Since we kind of talked about going out and seeing music, let's talk about maybe some do's and don'ts. As, As a DJ. Okay. Let's talk about some do's and don'ts. Maybe in an unorganized way. Let's just say like, What's a a good thing that people can do, you know, to support a DJ or what something would be a do? Uh, I mean,
0: I think the biggest thing for right now, and I'm going to say this translates to all styles of music, all genres, all performance types. The the biggest thing you can do right now is just show up. Granted, I mean, I know a lot of people aren't going to be feeling safe with the current stuff going on with the pandemic but like if you are feeling safe and you know venues that are supporting this type of stuff are going to need support big time to continue to be open the fact that there are places still open after this last year and a half or so it's been a struggle you know so the biggest thing i say you know if you want to see that type of stuff you got to show up and support it go to the places that are doing the stuff you want to see spend money at the places that are doing you know what i'm saying so that way right. they can continue to Offer these things to the community in general. So that's probably the biggest thing. Another big thing would just yeah, don't be a dick,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: to, to, to the band, DJ, whatever you know. Like, if you're not feeling it and you don't like it, maybe just leave instead of yelling at them or something. You know. What can we say is like a a don't? What like I, I don't? Mean, okay, yeah. so <laughs> all right, I would say be cognizant of what you're walking into, right? Mm. So, like, if you're going to see a DJ and say they're mainly doing hip-hop that night like don't walk in there you know say they've been playing like you know old school hip-hop for like a couple hours can obviously see that's what's going on don't go yell at them to start playing like pop music for you be cognizant of the space places book djs and any kind of musical act for like kind of what they do and that's right they're hiring them to do what they do for the most part some clubs are different where it's more just like play party music but In general, especially in our town right now, any place that's booking somebody, they kind of, you know, they're booking them for what they do. So let them do what they do. Don't try and like, force them into a different box just to suit you and also be cognizant that you're not the only person in the room and that's one thing that i feel like a lot of people don't necessarily get is like so say i'm a dj doing four hours at a spot there could be a couple hundred people that move throughout that space throughout the night i'm going to kind of try and fit what i'm doing to make sure everyone's happy obviously everybody's not going to like every song You know? And that's... Yeah. So, if you don't like it, just either wait a couple minutes and a different song will be on or just go outside, take a break, whatever, but just, like, you know, make it so you're not demanding that everything be there to suit yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of that where people will come up to you and just, like, I don't like this song. Skip this song. I'm like, yeah, no, you don't like it, but, like, someone just came up to me and asked me to play this song, you know? And so, I'm going to do it for them, and I'm sorry you don't like it, but you totally... Could just go away, right. <laughs> and, and and actually, I probably would have mixed out of the song by now if you weren't bugging me, <laughs> you know, about right. it. Because I tend to, when I'm playing hip hop or something or more party stuff, I tend to mix kind of fast. I'll do like a intro, like the first uh verse, and then like the chorus, and then into the, the next or the mm. hook, you know, and then into yeah. the next track. So I tend to mix quick. But if you're coming up to me like right where I'm about to start mixing, I'm not mixing. That means you get the second verse. Cause I'm not going to like just randomly, I yeah, I, I try to make it smooth in the transition. So everything flows nicely and nothing's abrupt, you know? So if you don't like it, just, you know, just chill. It's okay. Right. Most DJs who play, they they know what's going on. They know who's feeling what and what's not. They're literally, we all watch the whole thing every night. You know, we watch what works, what doesn't. It's kind of how we build our sets, you know, as we're going. Be cognizant of where you are. Try not to be a dick. Like, understand that it's not all about you. That probably is going to be especially hard for people after coming out of a pandemic when you've maybe just been sitting at home by yourself for a year, you know? So, it's like, and you want to have fun. You want to hear your song. I get it. You know, and most DJs, you know, as long as it's something that fits with what's going on, we'll try to get to it, you know? Right. That's another big thing is like, uh, say I am playing hip-hop, right? And someone requests a song and they really want to hear it. And I'm like, cool, I'll play that. Totally, I'll play that. That's right in my wheelhouse anyway. But what you got to understand is like sometimes I'm playing at like 75 beats per minute. The song you requested might be 110 beats per minute. For me to get from there to there takes a little bit of time or some creative mixing Mm -hmm. to really make it work in a way that's smooth. If you did request a song or something and you haven't heard it and it's like, it's been 10 minutes. Where's my song, DJ? Like, just wait, man. Like, it's coming. It's going to come when I can get it in in a way that makes sense. Or also like don't request like the biggest songs at like nine PM. Please. <laughs> I, I DJ'd on campus for a bit, met a bunch of cool younger DJs that were pretty pretty dope, but then occasionally there'd be like a DJ playing before me who like eight thirty and this man's playing like the biggest hits all in a row and I'm like, dude, it's like look how hype they are. I'm like, Yeah, but like I gotta DJ for five hours after this <laughs> still, like <laughs> and they're still gonna be here. <laughs> you know what I'm right? saying? So yeah. like, you know how did you get into DJ my one of my good friends uh Shannon swords went by text for a long time as a rapper in town mm-hmm. now goes by swords We actually were in like a really really terrible kind of like punk indie band when we were in high school together like it was really bad like, huh. really bad he started getting into hip-hop stuff and at this point in time I I had kind of quit doing any kind of like I was like I'm not really gonna be trying to do music stuff like it's not really my thing I still had my bass I'd play bass. Or just messing around. Or if someone's like, hey, can you play bass for something for this? I'm like, sure, you know, I'll do that. But, yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not good. I can play a back bass line. Yeah. Chill. Easy. Got it. No problem. I'm not going to be out here soloing or doing anything crazy. But So I kind of quit doing music for a bit. Well, not really quit. We weren't really doing anything. I sort of, like, practicing in my basement. So he was trying to do the rap thing. And he found a guy who was selling a PA and a couple of mics. He's like, I'm gonna buy this stuff. So I have like my own little setup so I can do stuff. Nice. You know, and it ended up coming with a set of turntables and a mixer that were like, I mean, old, not great pieces of gear at all. I was in my early 20s. Uh, we'd be hanging out, just drinking beer, playing Tekken, whatever. Yeah. And the turntables would just be there. And there's like a crate of records or two, just real random records. Um, and I would just get drunk and start fucking around with it. You know, nice. like I would just start playing around and then like, Oh, uh, what was it? There was like a Raiders of the Lost Ark on vinyl. It was like you play it and you read along type of thing. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you had this record. It was like the first record I really got that had sounds I could scratch okay. my, that I got my hands on. It was his record. I'm pretty sure I still have it somewhere. So there's the first, you know, like, oh, that's a cool sound. And I would kind of mess with it. We would just be drunk hanging out and then, you know, I'd keep doing it. And then he was like, man, like I got this thing. You should, you should DJ for me. I'm like, I don't really know how he's like, it's cool, man. Just like, all you got to do is just play the beat on the laptop and then like scratch a little bit. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. So I ended up doing that for him for a while, ended up getting asked to do it for a couple other rappers because like the guys who had been DJing for them, were, a lot of them were like university students who had been, yeah. who had moved on. So there wasn't really anybody doing that. I um, mean, at this point in time, most of the really dope DJs at that time who could do it like DJ Bozak, for instance, or Bennerty, fantastic. But even before I started, fucking killer at scratching and stuff like that. But they were either like, you know, fully gigged up working in the night life because it was popping like that back then or oh i can't take my 250 night off to come do this for you for a half hour for some beers where right. i was like oh whatever i'm not doing shit anyway like let's go let's right. do it you know so it kind of just got to the point where i got a little bit better at scratching i could scratch some you know not great but enough enough <laughs> yeah. that you know more than your average person or even average dj could do and then what was it, the first real gig gig on a regular basis dj mertz was doing all the booking at boltini back in the day and he had asked me if i wanted to do like an old school hip-hop night on thursdays and i was like sure Hmm. i just want you to know i don't really know how to mix records (laughs) (laughs) and that kind of put me in a position where i really had to learn it was Uh, still all vinyl back then you know so i had to like go out buy a bunch of records like really learn what i was doing with it and then it kind of just grew from there people just Hmm. kept wanting me to do more parties and more events and stuff, and then working with more rappers. I just kind of steamrolled more and more as time went on. And then around like two thousand seven, two thousand eight is when me and a couple of friends kind of found dubstep, and then we started that dubstep massacre party, which ran for a long time. And that I think really was kind of what launched. Being able to work like outside of here in town for me that's when i started playing more outside of town shows playing bigger events and stuff different clubs and like indy and st louis and chicago and stuff like that Hmm. a couple little tours here and there as i kind of got out of that mode a little bit. I got more into just doing kind of like more club stuff. It was nice to do something a little different. And also like, I realized like, oh man, I just traveled six hours to play and I'm trying to do this as a job. And I traveled six hours for a hundred bucks or I could drive 15 minutes and make 250 bucks. So it's just like, a, if I'm gonna survive doing this, like I don't right. see myself getting like EDM DJ famous. I don't even really want to, to be honest. It was more of like i'll just kind of lean into this a little more and started djing real regularly around town you know like radio maria was i had for years on fridays i was there Mm -hmm. you know random nights like cowboy monkey different bars on campus a couple bars in springfield and decatur i would play at pretty regularly in indy i'd play a couple spots semi regularly in chicago same type of thing it's been good it's been difficult getting to the point where i could actually survive doing it and like be able to afford doing it really because right. there was many many years of like oh fuck the turntable broke i really have no idea at all mm-hmm. how i'm going to sort this out and this is terrible to the point where like you know right before the pandemic like I was able to buy a new vehicle, like financed as a right. DJ, which is which which was never something I thought would ever happen. And then of course the pandemic hit and made it really difficult. But <laughs> you know But I mean it's been cool. Uh it's a unique kind of job, I guess, yeah. to say
1: it's a it's an interesting way to live. I admire people that can live off of their craft. It's and hard to do.
0: I'll say it's very fulfilling to be able to Make enough money to live by making other people happy. Because, like, to me, part of what always attracted me to music in general and DJing and stuff is, like, you know, maybe everything else in your life sucked, but for, like, an hour or two on a Friday night, you're having a great time because of the music you're listening to and the people you're around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to, for, to me, for me, it's always been a situation, like, creating that kind of escape from what could be your daily just grind you know trials yeah. and tribulations of life everyone needs like a little bit of unwinding a little bit of fun mm-hmm. to me that's always what the goal was for me mm-hmm. and be able to actually like afford to do it
1: and like you know pay my bills doing so is great maybe i'll be asking this for a good long time even now after you know as it seems like we have the light at the end of the tunnel All right possibly you know possibly. more people getting vaccinated we'll see is like as we get to return to maybe house shows maybe to have you know more shows happening in bars like what what to you makes a good music scene like because i i've been craving that (laughs) again like what what makes a good music scene doesn't matter what genre but oh
0: i mean i think you need multiple genres you because the thing that was always cool to me you know you use downtown champagne how it used to be as a for instance um You could hear DJs playing multiple styles of music at multiple places. There could be like an indie rock show at one bar while there's a hip hop show at another bar while there's like a folk show at another bar. What happens is you get these different things going on that draw people who are mainly like say I'm mainly into folk music, right? We'll say that we'll say your ex person is mainly into folk music. So I'm going to go out to Mike and Molly's to see this folk show that's going on in the evening. So I'm going to go do that. We met up with our friends. We're going to go to this indie rock show at cowboy monkey afterwards. Okay, cool. We'll come with you. And then like, Oh, well we're drunk now. Let's go dance at a bar. So we'll go see a DJ. Like, Oh, this DJ is not my style. Let's go to a different bar. Oh, this guy's killing. You know what I'm saying? Like having something that brings multiple groups of people together I think is really what it is, you know? Mm. And I mean, even like on a, on a micro level. So like as a DJ, like I always prefer if I'm DJing, I really like DJing to rooms that are like completely mixed as far as like age, gender, ethnicity, the more mixed it is, the more fun it is. I Mm. feel like because it allows you to get more loose as a DJ and play things that you couldn't play to just one group, a good mixture of people coming together for various reasons and experiencing what these different places are putting out there really is to me, like, you know, what's going to make a a good cohesive scene work. And then plus when you have that kind of support from a community where all this stuff is going on, all that money's going through it to the point where like, At that point, that's where your places can afford to bring bigger out-of-town acts. So, like, for instance, right now, I don't think we're going to see a lot of bigger out-of-town acts coming through. Well, once Canopy opens, that'll be different because that's big enough room to support it. There needs to be that kind of support locally to even get to the level of doing that. I mean, somebody's got to be the opening band, right? Opening group, whatever. And plus, you know, I mean, there's been shows that, like, tons of acts have blown up off of being opening for mm. x big band you know and just getting back to where that is a thing Where like oh this band's opening for this touring act that's gonna be great let's go you know yeah. and then other than
1: buffering that with other stuff going on it's interesting when you when you said that when you get to perform for a room that is varied that that is of every type person i think it's interesting there's been a few times where i've been talking to other people about you know their favorite shows that they've ever done and they're always like well it was because i felt like i had to win all these people over yeah and you uh, know that with every show really and and i mean um i feel like that would being able to to win over a huge variety of people would be like a huge victory, you know, like, and that would yeah. be super
0: rewarding. So. It just depends on like, you know, the kind of DJ, you know, from a DJ perspective. The term most people use is an open format DJ, which means you kind of play a little bit of everything. And I, I like doing that. I like tons of different kinds of music, you know, so I, I always like being able to do rooms like that. Conversely, you know, at the same time, I also enjoy, say I have a room of a bunch of like dudes in their thirties sitting around drinking beer who like just listening to like nineties hip hop. Love that too. Both are just equally entertaining and knowing a bunch of different kinds of music and being able to play it kind of well helps a lot with that multifaceted room. Cause like, you know, each genre is kind of different. And throughout the years I've taken time to learn how to play each of them right. And the ways you huh. do it and don't do it and what works and like what the crowd expects for it. Because like, for instance, the way you play hip hop's not the way you play house. The timing's different. The way you play house is totally different than like salsa. You don't really mix when you play salsa and stuff like that. It's track to track. It'll huh. get mad at you if you mix where um, you blend huh. tracks together. The way you do that's totally different than, say, like a reggae set where you can mix a little bit, but you don't necessarily want to a lot. You know, Because
1: right, I mean? you lose that, that reggae beat, right? Yeah,
0: kind of. And it's more just like the songs are kind of like unique pieces that I kind of feel like are meant to be absorbed right. singly. Okay. Whereas, say, like hip hop, by essence, hip hop hmm. is all sample based for the most part. So, you know, you can do stuff for like, oh, I got this track going. I'm going to like flip it where the beat from this track's under the vocals. And like that's super common for hip hop. Yeah. But if you were to do that in like, say, a salsa crowd, like they might jump you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. like They're like, no, bro, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So, it's like being able to learn the kind of ins and outs of the different music, you know, it helps to yeah. to really kind of be able to do that type of stuff, you know? Do you have an interesting story where you might have crossed those those boundaries? So, occasionally, I would uh, fill in doing the Brazilian Carnival Nights at Radio Maria that they used to oh, do. Okay. Basically, you just run a playlist to make sure the sound's all working. Really, that's okay. what you're supposed to be doing. I was attempting to blend like I normally do. There's a lot of ballet funk. It's one of the genres on it. Uh, if you're familiar with like MIA, it's kind of in that vibe, yeah, that yeah. kind of like real hype, kind of drum patterning and stuff. I blended two tracks together at, you know, just the outro and the intro and like everyone stopped and looked at me like, what are you doing, bro? I'm like, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I will not do that again. I did not uh, know that it was like that. <laughs> I'm unaware this is not my thing. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's just it, interesting, you know, because I'm saying like something that you spend years doing, you take it out of the context you learned it in and put it somewhere else and it might be something totally different. So, you got to learn to kind of navigate that.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's interesting too because, sorry to to circle back to your song, but I was just thinking about in some ways for you, that song will always have this memory of like that winter oh, it's creation. A, you, like hearing, it will always stick. Hearing it, I see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. pops in my head immediately. But yet, for me, I, I I, think before, you know, before we recorded, I was thinking, this would be a song I would listen to, kind of, I don't know about meditatively, but just kind of uh, thought, thought drifting, you know, in a in a cool summer night, you know, just with maybe stars and, yeah. and a little bit of, maybe even a little dusk. To me, that's what it meant to me, and I, I think these are all the kind of different contexts that we all have to kind yeah. of deal with. Well, you know, everything's subjective
0: with the music you know it's one of those things where like something could mean a thousand different things to a thousand different people whether it be like a painting a piece of music the way something's designed you know what i'm saying like especially music i've, I've found that like certain people will look at something and they'll get what is relevant to them out of it which yeah. might be totally different than the next person so it's always like you know it's different
1: COVID-19 got you down? You looking for some music, some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, ExileMainStreet.com, for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-Main. That's 217-398-Main six two four six welcome back so kevin yes what is your favorite non-musical
0: thing to do personally i mean i play i play a fuck ton of video games (laughs) especially over the pandemic i had built pre-pandemic and luckily pre uh video cards being impossible to find i built a pretty nice studio computer that I was going to use to do a little bit of video editing and stuff too, so I got a nice yeah. video card for it. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, all right, well, there's literally nothing to do, so I'm just going to play video games with my friends. I, I, yeah, I play a lot of games. <laughs> so, you, so you do a lot of,
1: like, online
0: yeah, games? Yeah, I mean, like... the games that tend to hold my attention are games I can play with other people. Oh, okay. Um, do you have a favorite currently? Uh, there's a lot of I mean, there's a handful of games I play a lot of. I've been playing a lot of uh, Valheim It's like a Viking kind of Minecraft almost type of deal. Me and some buddies found it. We're like, oh, let's check this out. It looks kind of cool. And then we all kind of got sucked into it. Hmm. (laughs) It's
1: really silly. (laughs) That's, yeah. So is there a video game that that you think has the best soundtrack? I got to give that to like probably Grand Theft Auto.
0: Really? Consistently. Well, here's the thing. I I don't know if I've ever... I wouldn't say it's necessarily a soundtrack that's purpose built to... The game, like, whereas, like, songs were purposely written with Grand Theft Auto in mind, um, which a lot of soundtracks are more like that. uh, Mm. I do feel like they nailed giving something that lots of different people can find their flavor Mm. with the different radio stations they have. Um, Oh, so you can switch? Yeah, so, okay. So, in Grand Theft Auto, a bunch of my friends and I, we've all been playing Grand Theft Auto over the pandemic together because it was like, we can hang out together and, you know we're kind of in person we'll all be like hanging out in like a discord chat or uh. something but uh it's neat because like the, the they really have super good radio stations and there's like 30 of them or something for instance like flying lotus has his own station on there huh. you know what i'm saying so and it's all right. like really kind of off-kilter out there stuff on this one channel that personally i love that stuff so like i'll always listen to that but then like say you know you get in your friend's car like one of my buddies like he's big into classic rock so getting i get in his car in the game that's what we're listening you know what i'm saying it's like it's interesting i feel like they really
1: gave a lot of options with it that's a great idea i mean it sound like an idiot but uh, like i don't know if i've ever played grand theft auto you know i
0: never was really big into it up until the pandemic hit my my buddies would always play it but like occasionally we'd be hanging out and like i'd pick up a controller and shoot a bunch of people people and run away from the cops till I died and then here you go I'm good you know (laughs) but over the pandemic it was like well there's nothing else to do but honestly that's a great
1: (laughs) I mean if you're gonna be in a car radio station that makes sense yeah Yeah,
0: it's neat I mean there's tons of games that really have phenomenal soundtracks out there though I mean me and a bunch of my buddies found this Viking battle music playlist on Spotify (laughs) right and we started playing it with that Valheim game And everything is like 10 times more epic now. The right music can make anything cinematic. It's a a thing I've always thought is like the right kind of music makes anything into like out of a movie. Usually I tend to replace it myself. That's what I'm saying. Grand Theft Auto is interesting to me because one of the few games I don't turn off the soundtrack Mm. just because I have the options to listen to different stuff on it. And they do update the playlist as they go and stuff too, which is kind of crazy. The game has been out for years and years and years and they just added like three new stations. I actually real interesting For the first time that I can think of. I could be wrong on this, but for the first time that I know of, uh, a track premiered in Grand Theft Auto on the radio for the first time. Uh, there's a new uh MF Doom track that came out in the last update on that Flying Lotus channel, right? And the first time it was heard by anybody was in the game on the radio. That's you know what I'm saying? So it's crazy. crazy. It's wild like to me that's neat you know what i mean like that's why i give it to that game like that type of stuff's really neat to me
1: you know that's so
0: that's so second life right right real crazy it's it's uh. very meta i just see more of that becoming a thing especially when you're seeing like stuff happening now like what uh Travis Scott doing concerts in Fortnite stuff like that you know what yeah. i'm saying like where there's especially i've been looking into it a lot these kind of like virtual performance spaces over the pandemic yeah. There are a lot of different spots that were doing some really neat stuff. There was a VR app called wave VR. And okay. I, so I have a VR headset that I bought that I occasionally use. I don't use it a ton cause it's heavy and hot, but, uh, <laughs> but so there's this wave VR app, right? And you could go in, get your VR headset on and they would have acts do these concerts there. And for instance, a uh, glitch mob did one yeah. and you're just in this totally tripped out psychedelic landscape that's all going with the music and there's a ton of other people there and everyone's literally just sitting in the room that's cool but there's like you can interact with different people there's all this craziness going on we're gonna see more of
1: emerging i feel like yeah you know i really do hope that even after the pandemic is over that somehow we've managed to learn how to be better about sharing music like yeah i i hope that some of these venues can manage to be like, "Hey, while we're doing this, hey, we're putting we're
0: we're also going to be broadcasting this. Rose Bowl's doing that. Um they're doing some some stuff that's online. And I you know, to me, I think that's really awesome that places are doing that because I feel like it gives people who maybe don't like being in crowds just normally, let alone even talking about the pandemic, the ability to experience some of that type of stuff. The one thing I feel like that in general has been somewhat of a hindrance for a lot of people is the fact that Nine times out of 10, music events are drinking events. Yep. And I feel like with the virtual reality, augmented reality, just live stream period aspect, it gives people who don't want to be around drinking environments a way to enjoy it. Right. And I feel like there's going to be more of that moving forward,
1: hopefully. And the the concept of like, here's this virtual tip jar or Venmo yep. or whatever. Yep. Like, I mean, I, I still feel like, even if somebody, if you end up with five extra dollars because somebody put some money in the tip jar, like, it hey. seems like that's totally worth it. Nah, but. man, that's, so, uh, honestly, though,
0: like, the way I always look at something like that, like, say someone tips me five bucks while I'm DJing, like, that's awesome. You just bought me, like, a coffee and a croissant somewhere. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, to me, that's super love from whoever, you know, it doesn't have to be a ton, and plus, you know, for a lot of your musician types who freelance kind of as their main gig, it's so many different things that are a collection of small payments here and there that kind of keep you really going. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like 50 bucks here, 60 bucks here. For the most part, unless you're really doing like weddings or you really broke as a DJ, like you're not pulling down thousands of dollars a night. Right. Right, tip me ten bucks. You're the fucking man. <laughs> you know right? what I'm saying?
1: Like right? that's awesome. You bought my lunch today. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. That's that's love. So, Kevin, thank you so much for being on oh, the show. no problem. I enjoyed it. Tell me about your song. um Now I can't. Yeah, don't lie. Don't lie. I yes. was just like, <laughs> I just blanked. I was like, oh, I don't even have my
0: nose You know, I um, didn't even have a name. I. It took me the longest to even pick out a name, <laughs> but yeah. Nice. So we're good.
1: Tell me a little bit about what it's like to DJ and and trying to recover back from the pandemic and finding live gigs again and yeah i just uh i really appreciate you coming back and being like the first live person in the studio of 2021 oh, I love it. it's so a, it's
0: a very for those of you listening the studio is pretty rad oh thanks i don't know if you, you probably can't see it because you know you're listening but <laughs> it's good vibes in here excellent well th- but thank you for being oh on no problem show. i appreciate awesome. you reaching out it's, it, it's been cool it's been nice to talk about some of this stuff so it's not just in my head anymore. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is DJ Belly reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live.
1: you almost have an npr voice it's so good